0: Welcome to the Artist Academy Podcast, the audio version of our Facebook Live series, Art Talk Tuesday. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and I am so excited that you're here to catch the weekly replay of my laid-back yet very inspiring conversations with other full-time professional artists. The purpose of this series is to show aspiring artists like you that it is completely possible to make a great career out of this art thing. And if you ever want to join us live and have your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just hop over to facebook.com slash groups slash artist academy every Tuesday at 8pm central standard time. I'll see you there. This episode is sponsored by the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, a program for artists who want to up-level their art game by taking it from a hobby or a side hustle to a full-time art business. I've been a professional artist for over five years with paintings in several different countries and a client list that includes high-profile companies such as FastPro, O'Reilly's, Duck Commander, and many, many more. So I've figured out what it takes to build an art business, and now my heart is set on teaching aspiring artists like you to do the same. Go to advancedmember.com. That's advancedmember.com to learn more. This week's episode features California-based artist Jenna Rainey. Jenna is a CEO, illustrator, calligrapher, and new mother who has built her art business to seven figures. Honestly, I feel like Jenna is myself, but she's just a few years ahead of me, which is why I was latching on to every word she said, from advice on being a new mom to hiring help and everything in between. Jenna teaches courses to help artists with things like licensing and branding, since she's currently working on projects for big-name companies like Target and Staples. How cool is that? (laughs) Jenna shares how she got to where she is, such as her eight years of experience growing on Instagram. Eight years years think about that the next time you're not super happy with where you're at (laughs) this stuff takes time and jenna is a great example of how consistency can get you amazing results but let me know what you think about this week's episode with jenna rainey so if you could just kind of start by introducing yourself maybe tell us a little bit about
1: your background and how you got into art so my backstory um yeah Yeah, I, uh, like you, am an artist and a business owner. I've been a business owner for almost eight years and have been doing um, art full-time for about eight years, but I essentially, I went to school for psychology. I got my degree in psychology and was planning on going back to school and becoming a therapist um, and doing something like music therapy um, because I was also... A piano major for a year and then I switched anyway. So I don't have a degree or I don't have a background in art or anything. Um, Didn't go to design school and I get that question a lot as I'm sure you do too. You went to design school and art school because it's kind of this thing that artists feel kind of hesitant in a way. Like I'm not qualified enough to be doing this full time. I have to have this degree or this experience and I don't have that experience at all. I didn't go to business school or art school. I went to school and studied psychology, um, and I, where I went, to sc- I went to school in Chicago, where I met my husband, and so um, we spent a few years there. And after I graduated, moved back after a few years, spending um, a few years in the city, moved back to Southern California, where I'm from, and I went from basically waiting tables at a bar in Chicago while I was putting myself through school, and moved up in the world and got an office job as an administ- administrative assistant in a financial planning office. So it was definitely not at all <laughs> what I was experienced in whatsoever. Um, I was there for a total of about four months. Um, but anyway, I'd just stay up really late every single night and painting it and eventually started posting my work on Instagram um, about eight years ago. and it just kind of snowballed from there and I was able to quit my financial planning job after four months of being there and I I definitely quit way too early and didn't have any money saved up and started my business and I've been doing everything from starting off as a wedding stationer and graphic designer to writing watercolor how-to books and now doing licensing and working on products for retailers and manufacturers. So it's kind of been this crazy roller coaster ride of many different twists and turns Um, But yeah, education. I definitely um, attribute a lot of my passion for teaching to my degree in psychology because of just being able to understand human behavior a little bit and um, that's really all it takes when you're teaching is being able to meet people where they're at and then also knowing the skill that you're teaching a little bit better than they would know. Um, so anyway, I don't remember what the initial question was. No, you're great. <laughs> you, you, you answered
0: it. You answered it. You for sure answered it. Yeah. And I, I love it. I think that, I think you do have a certain, a certain leg up basically, um, with having a psychology degree and understanding how people think, especially in the coaching business too, you know, you can, you know, you, you understand where they're coming mm-hmm. from, which is just huge. Um, yeah. Okay. Awesome. So yeah. when do you think, uh, so you mentioned you quit your job a little too early. You mentioned, can you tell us a little bit more about that? maybe talk about like what was the tipping point between hobby and professional artist?
1: yeah so for me i didn't have this aha moment or this like oh i can now become a professional artist or i'm qualified enough to call myself a professional artist i never really i feel like i was just so naive i was 22 23 at the time um when i was getting into art and starting to post online and starting to take on clients and i took on clients before I had a contract, before I knew what I should charge, before I knew who even the competition was. I just, I didn't know anything about the market whatsoever. I just was getting asked to design people's wedding stationery at the time. And I had also never opened an Adobe program in my life and didn't have a scanner. I was taking stuff to Kinko's and getting it printed at Kinko's. And anyway, so I never really had this like decision or moment where I decided to, you know, move myself mentally from becoming, from being a hobby artist to a professional artist. It was just kind of like this thing that snowballed and kept building from there. And like I said, it was about four months after I, we moved from Chicago back home to Southern California and four months after that, and then also four months after I started my uh, job at the financial planning office and um, basically just quit and went full time because I was so uh, miserable at my day job. I absolutely hated it. It was completely soul-sucking. And some people, like they can totally deal with the nine to five cube life. And that's amazing. And I'm grateful for those people because we need them. Um, (laughs) But for me, it was just, it was completely soul-sucking. And like I said, I was very naive when I made the jump from Doing this as a side hustle to full-time artists because it took a few years for me to start to actually make a profit from it um, In my business. It was all just learning from mistakes and putting the money back in the business and eating costs on things Because I didn't know what I was doing um, But yeah, I would say it took about four to five months for me to just make that transition and looking back It's pretty crazy. I'm glad it went that way and it was really painful at first with all the mistakes that I had to make because of how naive I was but um, I'm really grateful for that because had I been he- has, had I been like more hesitant in going full time and calling myself a professional artist, I don't think I would have the business that I do today and I probably wouldn't even have this career. Um, so I'm grateful that I was naive in a way. Um, and yeah, it, it just took about four months, but again, lots of mistakes and a very long road after that decision.
0: For sure. Um, oh, so when did you start coaching? So, or you have a course available, right?
1: Yeah. So I have a few courses I've over the past, probably since about five years ago, I've taught various online courses through other people's websites like and Co and Skillshare and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, last year, I think I launched my first um, master class basically called pen to press which basically takes people from pen to learning how to set up files for letterpress and foil and digital and doing the whole custom stationary thing and working with clients i launched that in january and then i also launched another course this past september called brand plus brand which basically walks artists through the whole business plan and business model of licensing and working with brands and products and brand collaboration so two different kind of venues for artists to make money Um, but I, yeah, I've had those for the last almost a year, um, but I have been teaching in-person workshops and online courses for about five to six years, in-person workshops longer than that. But, um, yeah, I love teaching and I also had a brief stint there where I was doing one-on-one coaching, which for me, it was starting to feel like I was hitting a wall with the amount of impact that I could make and realizing the, um, just the level of impact you can make with online courses and being able to create the content one time and then give it to hundreds, thousands of people instead of just spending one hour of your time and only being able to access or bring value to that one person and having to do that over and over again. So learning how to kind of scale that in a way and make it bigger and then also automate that value through online courses.
0: Awesome. I love everything about what you just said. I feel like we're very alike in that way. Um, but yes, I love it all. Okay. Um, let's see. Can you kind of walk us through your typical work day? Like how many hours do you spend painting? How many hours do you spend doing other things?
1: Yeah. So as of the last nine months, it looks very differently than before because I had a baby nine months ago. Oh, congrats. And thank you. And I work from home. So which is a huge blessing and I'm super grateful to be working from home. It's just like the constant back and forth juggle. I never feel like I actually get a solid chunk of time to sit down and work because it's either feeding time or nap time or whatever. Um, So I feel like I'm doing bits, like 30 minute chunks of work throughout the day and into the night um, to get everything done. But I would say throughout the week, I'm probably spending about five to 10 hours total painting and the rest of the time, I'm creating content for my classes, my online courses, for my blog, and I'm actually launching a podcast in January, so um, I've been batch recording webs- or websites, batch recording episodes uh, ahead of time, because you never know, you know, life happens, you're mothering and all this kind of stuff that you're juggling, um, you might not be able to hit record and come out with stuff that week or whatever. Um, And yeah, I have a small team, small but mighty team of people who work for me, and um, I get to thankfully spend most of my time painting patterns and whatnot for licensing programs. Like currently I'm doing a job with a baby mat company and with Staples and Target, and so there's a lot involved with those bigger manufacturing um, licensing program jobs, so there's a lot of painting, a lot of scanning, and a lot of designing and whatnot and sending files off to design teams and getting them approved. Um, so there's that kind of back and forth. But yeah, a lot of my time is spent, um, you know, spending about an hour a day painting and then getting it on my computer and designing it and mocking it up in whatever type of product it needs to be mocked up in and sending it off to clients. And yeah, brainstorming, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah,
0: amazing. I feel like I honestly feel like you're just a couple years ahead of what I'm doing. So I have so many questions for you. Is it even Ask with that? Yeah, even with the having the baby thing. Like we're we're just now like I'm I'm about to get married and we're talking about oh, congrats. it. Congrats! So, That's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like you're just a couple years ahead. And so yeah. okay, with the baby thing, let's just talk about that. <laughs> so so you you went from working like eight hour days, probably or eight eight or more hours. Okay. Yeah. yeah same. <laughs> okay. Like, um, to I mean. I mean, did did you take some time off um, after the baby was born, and now you work? Uh, like how much? Tell me, to tell me about more. Yeah,
1: I I really wish I would have taken time off, more time oh. off. I really wish I would have. And okay. this is, I guess, word of word to the why. Yeah, know what that phrase is. I'm all ears. <laughs> word of <laughs> caution to you, if you yeah. you know, do you do you because every every mom's experience is completely different. Um, I don't know how much detail you want, but I had a pretty severe tear <laughs> after labor, uh, and this is not to scare you, you'll be yeah, yeah. perfectly fine, blah, 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 um, but I had a pretty severe tear, and I definitely took on, a pro. and I, I was just so naive, again, um, going into motherhood thinking I would be able to get back to work within a month, and it would be totally fine, and the sleep deprivation, sure, that's going to be a problem, but I can work through it, and I just need to get these deadlines done, because i got to make that money, mm-hmm. Um And I really wish I would have uh, not done that. And um, I was basically within the first month after, because my my baby was two weeks overdue. He was two weeks late. So the deadline was even closer to uh, his birthday than I was picturing. Like just everything, all the expectations were thrown out of the window um, because I thought I was going to be early or on time. And then he ended up being two weeks late and whatever anyway. Um, So I had about two or three weeks after i gave birth for this licensing deadline and it was like probably eight to ten pieces that i had to paint and then i also had to scan them and whatever so it wasn't like crazy it wasn't a book deadline like writing i've written two books now and writing manuscripts and doing the artwork and all of that for a book is a crazy crazy deadline but it was still like i had to paint laying down on my couch because i couldn't sit down for the first two months and um because of because of the tear, the always down there. (laughs) Um, and so I really wish I would have taken more time off just to like slowly transform into being a new mom because you do, you become a completely different person. It's like, you're saying goodbye to your old self in a really good way and completely (laughs) transforming into a new person. And there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to, yeah, just work through in a lot of emotions and physical and all of that kind of stuff. So I really wish I would have taken like two or three months at least um, of time off. And before that, like I said, I was working, I mean, there were days where I worked eight hour days or even less sometimes, but before having a baby, I was definitely like uh, average day amount of time putting in was around 10 to 12 hours, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, but I could work when I wanted to because I didn't have another human that I had to keep alive. Um, and so now it looks very differently and I'm super, super grateful because I feel like I'm actually way more efficient now than I was before. Like, I don't know what I did with all the time that I had before I had a baby because now I feel like okay, when I sit down or when it's nap time, I go hard, and I don't tinker around, I don't like dilly-dally or anything, it's just like, it's go time, because this is it, this is all you get, Um, so yeah, I wish I would have taken longer, so if that could be my advice to you, uh, when you do do decide to have kids, um, if you do, and obviously you're going to get tons of advice, because that just happens, but, and take it as you will, but um just go slow and let yourself kind of ease into motherhood because it's a crazy time and it's a really beautiful time. The first few months are difficult and crazy, but they're wonderful and amazing as well. So, I've definitely learned a lot in the past 9 months and have adjusted how I work and how efficiently I work and yeah, pretty pretty insane <laughs>
0: awesome I love every bit of what you just said thank you so much for sharing that it, it does it just it, sh- it shines a light on because a lot of people are like yeah I uh, like they they work and they have kids and stuff but I'm like but it's different in the art field so especially when you work mm-hmm. yourself and you work at home um do you have him at home with you all the time
1: my baby yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 my mom comes up like two to three days a week sometimes yeah um she hasn't for a couple of weeks now and i'm like ma'am <laughs> um but yeah so yeah he's here we don't we're, we're my husband works for me too so he's basically the stay-at-home dad amazing dude, he's super supportive and helpful. Otherwise I would have to do some sort of childcare or have somebody a full-time nanny because there's no way I could do both. There's no way. And that's another thing too, is like, you have to learn, I'm really bad at asking for help. I'm really bad at it. And I think that in a way is a good thing as a business owner, but also it can be really detrimental and um, hurt you in the long run because a.k.a., pride and not being able to ask for help. But it kind of being a mom and a business owner at the same time forces you to do that. Otherwise, things don't get done and bills don't get paid. So um, I've had to ask my mom or John or both (laughs) to, can you please take the baby for a couple hours or can you put him to bed or whatever because I have this deadline or whatever it is. So um, he is home with me. And so is John, my husband, which is absolutely necessary without a nanny. Um, And yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: awesome. So you mentioned you have a small but mighty team. So it's you and your husband. Do you have anybody else working for you? I currently have a VA, and I'm just mm-hmm. kind of like wondering about the next hiring process and what to do. So, any advice yeah. on that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I have a VA too. She's wonderful. Her name's Kelly. Um, she actually just started with me probably two months ago. I had it last year before I had Miles, our son, um, I had an office that wasn't in our home and I had an assistant and a junior designer working for me at my office and I actually way prefer having a virtual assistant than having to like show up and be like be on all the time and making sure I'm like having something for them to do when we arrive to the office so my VA is three hours ahead of me she's on the east coast I'm in California and so I feel like when I wake up in the morning, my first one of the first things I do is check my email. And it's just so nice having somebody that's a time zone or a couple of time zones ahead of me because she's already like, you know, flushed through the inbox and it's like narrowed down and just on, only the things that I need to attend to and answer are in there for me, which is so, so nice and relieving because I would wake up before that and just be like, oh, there's so much in my inbox. It's overwhelming. <laughs> So her, she's my virtual assistant, and then John, John does my YouTube um, channel, he does all my video stuff, Um, he's my videographer, and he is also editing all my podcast episodes, and then I have a um, marketing team that I have Facebook ad person and then an email marketing person because with launches and online courses and whatnot, there's a ton of back-end stuff that's going on with email marketing and with Facebook ads and Instagram um, ads and whatnot. And then the random 1099 commissioned people like photos and website web developer guys and stuff. So. Awesome.
0: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I would say
1: for you, if you were looking to it for a next hire, I would look into a marketing agency with your podcast and Facebook situation if you don't already do that. Because um, it's been really helpful for me.
0: Yeah. I, I, I might get a, a suggestion of which one you use and just kind of yeah. go from there. Yeah. Okay cool yeah I'll I'll email you um let's see can you talk us through your painting process so you do mostly watercolor
1: I do mostly watercolor yeah actually I only paint with watercolor um and then I do calligraphy and ink illustrative stuff randomly most of my work though is watercolor or at least that's what I get hired for for these days um but yeah I paint mostly I get the most requests for like abstracts and floral and loose style. So nothing super realistic, although I really, really like painting more realistically like florals and even portraits sometimes. Um, but I just don't get hired to do it anymore cause it's not something that's trending right now in office supplies, which is the, ma- the majority of the manufacturing mm. I do is in office supplies Um, who would have thought you know know, random patterns and watercolor art for planners and notebooks and that sort of thing um so i it depends on the direction that i get from the client usually if it's uh, like for example i work with a manufacturer called blue sky um for a couple different programs and they usually will give me direction like this is going to be for example um sold in Staples, and the Staples buyer really likes purple. (laughs) Like, that's just the color that they really like or whatever, and we need it to be more cool colors, more cool tones. We need a couple samples of, like, abstract and pattern paintings, geometrics, um, maybe throw in, like, some cute animal pattern and some floral. And so they'll pull from a bunch of samples that I send them. Usually the first initial, like, drop of assets that I give them is, like, over 30-ish paintings. Um, and then we kind of tweak things from there but when I'm sitting down to paint it's usually with some sort of design direction and uh, the design direction is usually projected because in licensing most retailers and manufacturers are projecting trends two years out and so they're trying to you know see what's trending in high-end markets and then kind of coming to the artist and saying, like, we want to see this in a more, not low end, but something more accessible to the average consumer, like a Target or a Staples, um, and rolling out in a couple years. And so we'll kind of take that direction, and I'll just provide a few different options for each request. Um, But if I'm, like, painting for myself or painting for... Um, like an online class or something. I'm usually, I gravitate towards floral. Um, I grew up, my mom's an avid, avid gardener. and So I grew up around flowers and I just know them really well. I've studied the shape a lot of flowers and yeah. So I just bust open my palette. I've got my favorite brushes, two cups of water and my favorite paper and I just kind of go to town. A lot of stuff ends up in the trash but something sticks eventually. and that's usually the one that I scan and send off to manufacturer or whoever the client <laughs> is. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's so interesting Dude, just, just hearing everything about what you're talking about. Cause I know I, I do murals mostly so hardly any um, licensing or anything. It's mm-hmm. just so interesting. Every bit of what you're saying, and it makes me want to buy your course actually, if that's ever <laughs> a way I want to go down. Um, yeah. But yeah, just how, just how people like look at the high end and how it kind of like comes down to, the mm-hmm. more accessible end, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's that's so smart.
1: Yeah, that's okay. fun stuff.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Is there uh, a thing you don't like to paint without?
1: Uh, my size six Princeton Heritage forty fifty brush. Oh, <laughs> okay, thing.
0: specific. I like it. Very
1: specific. <laughs> I love this brush. If I if I was like d- stranded on a deserted island and could only take one art supply, it'd be this brush. <laughs>
0: Amazing. Love. <laughs> I love it. I love how specific that is. <laughs> um, yeah. um, are there any art lessons you've learned the hard way?
1: Um, well, I've made a lot of terrible art. I've made a lot of terrible art, and every artist has. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but like actual mistakes that I've felt um, have been in my wedding stationery days when I was designing custom wedding stationery for clients. I've definitely had the handful of jobs where I either forgot to spell check or, and the client also missed it, or like I ordered the wrong plate for the letterpress artwork or did the wrong ink color, stuff like, or ordered the wrong paper, stuff like that. So there's, those mistakes are definitely more like they stick out in my brain more because they hurt more because there was a client involved and it involved like eating costs on paper and letterpress costs and stuff like that, or printing costs. Um, So yeah, there's definitely been those types of mistakes. Um, Yeah, anything that's like painting related or just like in the moment doing artwork type of mistakes, there's been a lot of them. There's definitely been a lot of like, uh, why isn't this turning out? (laughs) Or that color so terrible or whatever, it's not working and it's frustrating. But I've just, you know, you just got to throw it in the trash Start over, or take yeah. a moment to breathe, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely, definitely, the mistakes that i've made um in past i don't do wedding stationery anymore, mainly because it's just. Not my cup of tea, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just there's been like printing errors and eating costs and ordering this or that wrong thing. And it just hurts. <laughs> for
0: sure, yeah. And I, I feel like every artist that I ask that to, they have the same look that you did. They're like, oh, which which mistake? You know, like we all make so many because there's <laughs> so no many. like there's no like roadmap for artists, mm-hmm. and you know, like do this, don't do that. Um, but yeah that's awesome it also just makes you kind of human too whereas a lot of the artists that are in this group they're aspiring and they're just in the beginning and so they see more established artists like yourself and they're like oh Mm -hmm. i bet they do everything right so it really makes you human and grounding just hearing like oh yeah you guys make mistakes so that when when we make a mistake or when they make a mistake it's not the end of the world just knowing that other people are doing it too
1: Exactly. I don't even know how artists do it these days and more power to you if you're just starting out and you're starting a business because when I was starting social media was I mean it was a thing. It was you know just like very terrible filters and people showing photos of their dog and it wasn't used like the tool of advertising and business and art and creativity that it is now and it's a machine. It's like a beast and the comparison and just like Feeling trapped in that beginner phase while you're looking at all these people, when you're just seeing that little, little square of like a snapshot of where they are at in the middle of their career or, you know, eight years into their career or whatever, it's just not fair to beginners and it would be so hard to turn off. But I hope that it can be a reminder too that, like, because I've kept all my old artwork and all my old Instagram photos from eight years ago when I first started on my Instagram. So. If anybody watching has time on their hands, you should scroll really, really far back on my Instagram and you'll see some really terrible artwork. I promise you, it was there. Um, and you're just looking eight years into my career and practice. So, anyway. yeah.
0: I, I, I love that you uh, emphasize that because you said eight years in the, in the beginning when we first started this interview. You said you started Instagram eight years ago, and I was like, did she just say eight years? Oh, my gosh. That's amazing mm-hmm. that you started out that early and have built mm-hmm. it to be what yes. it is now because if anybody looks at your account now, you're nearing 200,000 followers, and mm-hmm. that can be daunting. You're like, oh, my gosh, but just hearing you say, yes, I started this eight years ago, and you can yeah. get here too in eight years, you know, like just, it just yeah. takes consistency. I think that's a it great take, reminder. Yes.
1: Takes consistency for sure. And eight years ago, I quit my job after four months of being at that financial planning office. I quit my job when I was under a thousand followers on Instagram. Like, I don't know why Instagram got all this credit of being like, once you have this amount of followers and this yeah. huge audience, then you can quit your job. It's like, I don't know why that's like a record. It's not a requirement for everybody, but it's kind of this weird mindset that people have that, oh, I don't have an audience, so therefore I can't be a professional artist or anything. But it's really not one and the same. You can have a very thriving business without an audience and vice versa. For sure. So anyway.
0: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, So what are your future art plans and goals? What are your upcoming projects? Anything in the works?
1: Yes, always something in the works. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I have... (laughs) I have a course launch coming up in December, which is all about education and teaching and how to teach art, so in-person workshops and online courses, Um, and so that's launching in December, and then I also have my podcast, like I was saying, which is launching in January, which is all going to be like creative business type advice and stories, stories of my own failures and mistakes and successes, so that hopefully people who are listening can Resonate with them, but also learn from them. Um, what else do I have going on? Um, a bunch of licensing programs that are constantly in the works. I have a collection coming out, like I said earlier, with Staples this coming year um, in office supplies, obviously, Staples, um, and then Target the next year, and a few other random bits and bobs. Bob's? Bob's? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Those are some big (laughs) names. Congrats. That's so cool. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's crazy. I mean, I, you know, I feel like this happens to a lot of artists where they are approached by a brand and ask like, what's your fee for this or that? We would love to use your artwork on t-shirts or mugs or whatever. And that initial question of like, what would you charge? Um, to have your art on this t-shirt forever and be sold this amount of times or whatever is so overwhelming and very, very confusing. And so, um, yeah, I hired an agent when I first was approached by a yoga towel company. Um, oh, it's, it's doing the weird thing again. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the weird echo again. Um, but anyway, I hired an agent. Um, this was two years ago, I think, uh, when the yoga company asked me and she's been amazing for getting me these bigger named, um, manufacturers and retail jobs, um, because she's been in the industry for over 20 years. And so she has a lot of great, uh, relationships with these manufacturers. And so on my own, I probably wouldn't have been able to get these jobs um and so having an agent was really really useful and she actually teamed up with me and is the co-instructor for my course brand Plus brand um yeah so she is the co-instructor with me on that and we talk all about licensing and working in products and with brands and stuff
0: yeah very cool i love so it that's what's upcoming yeah. So many fun things. Yes. Um, so last question, and I will let you go for the night. Um, is there any advice that you give artists who want to make art their full-time career, but don't know where to start? Like what's a good starting point for aspiring artists?
1: Um, I know this is going to sound super annoying and people are going to eye roll, but you just have to freaking start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just have to start. I feel like with art, especially in the creative industry and with artists, there's a lot of like, I need to perfect this and there's a lot of like identity that's wound up in what they're creating and I totally get that and I had that as well in the beginning especially after I'd made the plunge and people were starting to hire me I was like oh wait a minute like I don't deserve to be here total imposter syndrome started creeping in and I'm not, I'm not qualified for this. I don't have a degree. I don't have any business savvy. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I should be charging for this. Um, and there's so many things that even eight years into it, I still have questions and I still have hangups of like, do I deserve to be talking about this? Do I deserve to have this job with this manufacturer? Do I, you know, that you still, it never goes away. That imposter syndrome of like, I should, should I be doing this? I don't know if I should be doing this. And so Um, when it comes to just starting in terms of like pursuing art as a career, you just have to start and ignore those voices. They still happen no matter if you're eight years into your career or four or 14, whatever it is, they're still there. They just soften over time and um, get quieter. And so for me, that's what I would say, that's my piece of advice. I know that people might eye roll and might be like, but I still need to know where to start. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously there's the practical answers, like decide if you wanna work with clients or if you wanna work in products and what your business name is gonna be and register yeah. your trademark and all that kind of practical stuff. And I have some info on my blog if you really wanna get practical. Um, but yeah start with what you know and what you're really really truly obsessed with and you love and it'll just kind of snowball from there and people will gravitate towards if you're obsessed and you're in love with something that you create and you're just obsessed with it people will gravitate towards that because that's you being genuinely you and so that will just emulate through everything you talk about on Instagram, on social media, through your emails or your website, whatever. If you're truly obsessed and proud of what you create, then that will just kind of seep out of you and people will gravitate towards that and want to work with you. So that's so true. advice. <laughs> so
0: true. No, it's so, it's so good too. And it really is just like, some people just need the push to start doing it. And mm-hmm. just like you said, I think a lot of people will try to make art for people that they think, that they want to buy instead of really being like, okay, what do I really want to do? Um, mm-hmm. Whereas there's a, a middle ground in that. But yeah, I think that's for sure. I think that's awesome advice. Thank you so much for coming on here and talking with me. I'm so excited to just virtually meet you. I've followed oh, you on Instagram too. for the last couple of months, but every post I'm like, yeah, I get her. Like that's so cool. <laughs> um, that's so awesome. I love yeah.
1: this conversation. Thanks for bearing with all of t- the technology. Yeah, yes. on
0: my <laughs> we're, end. we're we're used to it with Facebook. So, um, but yeah, this will be put into a podcast, um, and it'll air next Tuesday, and I'll send you the link. Very um, cool. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on here, and everybody's on here saying thank you. And yeah. so Um, but yeah, have a good night. We'll see. Oh, actually one second. Um, your website, you want to just let them know your website, Instagram.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's both are just Jenna Rainey. So Jenna and then Rainey is spelled R-A-I-N-E-Y. So Jenna Rainey.com and then at Jenna Rainey for Instagram. Perfect. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, thanks again. I'll talk to you later. Thank
1: you. Have a good night.
0: Yeah. This episode is sponsored by the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, a program for artists who want to up-level their art game by taking it from a hobby or a side hustle to a full-time art business. I've been a professional artist for over five years with paintings in several different countries and a client list that includes high profile companies such as FastPro, O'Reilly's, Duck Commander, and many, many more. So I figured out what it takes to build an art business and now my heart is set on teaching aspiring artists like you to do the same. Go to AdvancedMember.com, that's AdvancedMember.com to learn more. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Also, if you ever want to join us live and have your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just hop on over to facebook.com slash groups slash Academy every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And I'll see you next week.